Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I am super excited to have another great guest today. Her name is Jewel Tankard. Welcome, Jewel. Thank you, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just start with, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to in the world. Absolutely. So um, I live here in Nashville, Tennessee uh, with my wonderful honey. We have five children collectively. We have a blended family. My husband already had four. I have one and the children used to all be here and now they're all gone and we're loving it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. How long have you been empty nesters? Um, Three years. Wow. Okay, cool. That's yeah, awesome. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's like so it's quiet. Like being a young mom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, so, and um, we pastor a great church here called Destiny Center here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, well, we have a really strong thrust on entrepreneurship and investing and, you know, really um, making sure that people are empowered to live their best lives, regardless of what's going on in the economy. Um, and then I also have a millionaires club, which is, I'm the founder of that. And I started that um, several years ago because I really had a heart to see women um, take more of an active role in their economics and uh, not just leave it all over, you know, up to their husbands or boyfriends or government or children or whatever, but for them to start asking questions and for them to really dive into the world of investing. So with that, we teach short and long-term wealth strategies as long as the character is, as well as the character that needs to go along with it. Because if you have the money, but your mind is not sound, you could do something stupid if uh, a bad deal happens. So, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, so those are kind of some of my loves and my, uh, my heart right now. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, well, let's take it back a little bit. And where, where did all this come from? Did you, you know, were you always kind of like entrepreneur minded as a young person or was this something that you grew into? Yeah. So I grew up with a family of entrepreneurs. My parents are still very strong um, entrepreneurs today. They actually do very well in the construction business. Um, And so growing up, they were actually the first African-Americans to have a business downtown Detroit. Um, and um, I saw them do very well. Mom and dad had his and her Rolls, Rolls Royces, his and her Mercedes. I had a Volvo at 16. I grew up literally with housekeepers and cooks and drivers. And then um, in 19, we lost everything and I was devastated because uh, I was like, wait, <laughs> I thought we were rich, you know? And um, I remember asking my mom a lot of questions like, you know, didn't we have anything paid off? Do we have any money invested? Like, you know, repossession of all of the cars in the house within six months to a year. So it was pretty impactful and pretty extreme. And uh, yeah. she and she said to everything was, you know, your father thought this, your father said this, your father wanted to do this. And I was angry with my mom for a while. And that's when I realized my mom did not trust her own financial instinct. And um, because my mom naturally, my dad even today is a really good producer. My mom instinctively would have been a very good investor and a very good manager, Um, but she didn't trust her instinct. And uh, she gave him control in areas that 
I think had she trusted her instinct, she would have just said, no, we're not going to do that. Or no, I don't like that. But she never spoke up. So that kind of led me on the path to say, okay, there's something going on with women and money. And then I saw it even in my family. Um, One of my aunts divorced my uncle, helped to build this great insurance empire. Divorced after 25 years was was left with nothing. And I can't say it was his fault. I can't say it was my dad's fault. It was their lack of you know, intuitiveness to say, let me take a stronger, active, aggressive role in economic decisions and trust my own instinct and gut and also have my own money. And so that's what kind of led me on that path because I noticed that there was a common denominator with a lot of women from every age group because you would think, oh, with millennials, I know they're not that way. Well, I can't tell you how many 20-year-olds that I talk to that are like, um, I don't think about that. I don't worry about that. I'm like, girl. <laughs> so yeah, that's what kind of started me on it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you know, something that you said really stood out to me there, which is you said your parents were the first African-American downtown business owners in Detroit. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> sometimes I get like slapped in the face with the reality of like how little ago like things were like that different. That's not that long ago. <laughs> That's it's not. crazy. It is. Oh crazy. my gosh. Yeah. 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 I mean, economically, we still have a ways to go um, for people of color and in particularly women. We, I have to tell you this and I'll turn it back to you. We took a trip. We took 50 investors to Martha's Vineyard in Newport, Rhode Island last week. And um, we stayed at um, one of their really top, beautiful hotels there, um, the Vanderbilt. And oh my gosh, my housekeeper is here. So I got to walk and talk. And um, and we stay at the Vanderbilt. And I, I lie not, the guy of valet, he stops for a moment and he goes, hi. And I'm like, hi, you know? And he goes, um, I said, what? He said, I hope you don't mind. Now, this guy, this is a young black guy. Hi, come on in. Um, I'm on a podcast. So just come right on in, honey. We'll work downstairs on the first floor, okay? Um, and so... He goes, I'm just not used to seeing anyone black come and stay here. He said, I've been here for three years and like everyone that's here that's black works here. I was like, is it 2022? <laughs> Seriously, man. Yeah, so. Yes. That's wild. Yeah, oh, we got a long ways to go, but. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, we'll we'll keep it steered over here because we could go down a long path over there. <laughs> Um, okay, awesome. So you see, you see this stuff with your family, you see these patterns like happening with women. And so you decide, Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to do something about it. Um, so, so then where did you take it from there? So then I actually started off with doing just like a book club where I wanted to just, you know, take a book and read it. And I, I started off with books like by Kim Kiyosaki, who's now a very good friend of mine. She wasn't at the time. And um, and we would read Rich Woman and we would, you know, read a chapter and then have a discussion about it, you know, mm. um, and that's where we kind of started. And then um, and I started just doing it locally. Then I took it virtual. I don't know, maybe about four years ago. And uh, we started reaching women in every continent, having these amazing conversations. Um, as a matter of fact, I just had a club chat last night. And uh, it was really, really good. The accountability that we offer women and we have women on there. We have woman, one woman who has like four children and she's been a housewife for eight years and she feels behind. And I said, no, I think you're right on time. It's just that you knew it was time to shift. 
because she doesn't want to have to rely on every decision, whether it's grocery shopping or buying a pair of shoes or, you know, a tube of lipstick, she has to call and ask. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm like, that's humiliating as a human being, I think. Um, so we're really helping to transform women's lives. And we do a virtual Zoom twice a month. And um, it's been really good. That's awesome. Yeah. And so with um, with all of these women, is it like, what type of investing is it? Because there's so many different types of what what tools are you teaching? Yeah, that's really good. So we do a lot with education. We do a lot with education, educate, um, educating them in the foreign exchange market, educating them in binary options, educating them in e-commerce, um, educating them in cryptocurrency, how to trade crypto, accumulation of crypto, crypto hedge funds. Um, so we do everything in the world of digital. We help them to buy property, digital property on the metaverse. So our overall theme is we want to help you to build a digital empire, because I really think that that is really the future of money and the future of banking is, is decentralized banking, DeFi. And so we spend a lot of time there um, where investing is concerned. Okay, cool. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, there's definitely that um, mental component that goes into all of those things. Because if you don't have that emotional kind of awareness, we'll say of like, uh, yeah, you can really. <laughs> so how much of the time is, is spent like doing the nuts and bolts and how much of it is just like education around like the thinking process? No, you're so right, David. I mean, a lot of it is thinking because you know, moving, you know, Bitcoin from one wallet to another. <laughs> it's like, what am I doing? Copy and paste or scan the barcode. Yeah. So it definitely is very different. But initially I tell them it was difficult for me. I was like, wait, this is like way over my head. I really felt inadequate. And really initially I was wondering if I was going to be able to ever get it. And uh, but I was committed to learning and I was committed to being challenged intellectually. So I think um, what I've learned about wealth development, wealth creation is you have to just make up in your mind that you're forever a student, mm -hmm. that you can't ever just say, oh, I got that. Oh, I know that. Oh, I know how to do that. Because the minute you know how to do that, they've changed it. Um, crypto, <laughs> particularly the digital footprint. I mean, as soon as the ink dries. You know, you used to buy Ripple on Coinbase. Now you can't. You got to mm. go to other apps to do it. And it's not always so easy. So I just tell women and men, you know, but mainly women, just be patient with yourself. And it is very different, but you can learn it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, you know, technology can be a barrier. I've seen, you know, especially with people who are a little bit older than me, where they didn't quite grow up with it i'm like kind of was on like the you know in elementary school we had the computer lab and like so i was on the front end of that but you know where they see that as a big barrier and that can be a, a real challenge if it's not kind of like leaned into and embraced as like oh this is just a new opportunity for growth and you're absolutely right absolutely right it can guess all of that <laughs> 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 nice. Um, okay. So you've been an entrepreneur for quite a while. How many years have you been running your own business? Yeah, so over 20 years. I mean, I cool. was like in my parents' crib at their business, you know? Yeah. Um, so I've been pretty much bred in it. I did. I have had like two jobs. 
I worked as a temp um, as with a temp agency called Kelly Services answering phones at one point shortly after college. And then after that, I worked at a company called Nextel where they had the cell phone and the two-way radio. I remember that. Together. And yeah. I worked as a top salesperson. And then I actually ended up opening up a franchise from that. And okay. that's where I made my first million dollars. But nice. um, after that, I haven't worked for anyone else. So that's been pretty cool. That's amazing. Awesome. Okay. So in being an entrepreneur for 20 years, what is like one or two challenges that kind of stick out in your mind of like, oh man, that was pretty tough. And here's what I learned from it coming out of it. Yeah. I think that you never want to close yourself to what you won't do or what won't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have to keep saying, keep being very um, open to to new things. I think it's how a lot of people get stuck in the self-employment quadrant, if you will, and they don't move over to big business because, you know, they want to do everything. You know, it's like doctors or attorneys, if they're not seeing clients, they're not able to basically make money, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that you have to tell yourself as an entrepreneur, this is going to change and I have to be willing to keep changing because I think the last thing that you want to do is say, okay, I don't want that, or I don't need that, or I don't like that. I think that's mm. dangerous. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So And so for you, you've obviously gone from that, like, you know, make trading dollar for hour to not. So um, like, what's an example of a step that you took to, to make that happen? Um, I think a lot of hard work. Um, I don't work as long now, but I've just up until recently been working 14 hour days. Um, (laughs) So, and a lot of those days were working with people, working with teams, and then also a lot of personal development for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a lot of me asking questions, a lot of me working with wealth, wealth mentors, people that had more money than me, people that are more experienced than me, Um, I think really just making up in my mind that I'm a student and I'm going to stay a student, stay inquisitive, keep asking the questions until it makes sense. I literally just, we just added on another industry where travel is concerned. And some of my colleagues were just so excited about it. And I was like, I don't know if this makes economic sense. And um, I said, okay, I'm going to go to somebody who's been doing travel for over 20 years. Let me talk to them. I need to pick their brain. I need to see the vision I need to see why they've done so well, made multiple millions in the last 20 years and pick their brain. And I did. And the light bulbs came on. I was like, mm-hmm. I got it. But I think that's why you never can say what you won't do or what's not going to work. And I think mm-hmm. that's what hinders a lot of entrepreneurs, because especially after they've had a certain amount of success, they're kind of like, oh, I'm good. I know how this works. I've, 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 you know, had a lot of wins. I've hit a lot of threes. So I feel like I know what's, you know, I know how to call it, but yeah, most of the time, but you still got to stay open, especially for things that you think, think won't work that other people think will just listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think there's so much wisdom and a couple of things you said there. It's like the, just to really succinctly, I would just say like what you just said is continue to ask what's next. Right. And then going and seeking out those people like you did when you're like, I'm not sure if this makes sense, but let me ask somebody who's been there. I think it's really easy to get stuck in our little bubble of like, 
ah, I just can't make anything work. And like, this is impossible instead of just reaching out and like asking somebody who's been there along the way. Um, in your experience, have you found like people are pretty open? Like, was that person that you reached out to, did they even know you or were they, they, you know, they were amazing. It's just like when I first met Kim Kiyosaki, we did an event together in Vegas a couple of years ago. And I went up to her like, girl, okay, I'm a fan girl. Like, listen, (laughs) (laughs) all her stuff and all her stories with her and Robert and da, 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 da. And she was like, oh, girl, you are. But she was the sweetest, kindest, humblest person. And we exchange numbers. And every time I call her, she's just like tons and tons of information. I think that most people that are successful are looking for other people to mentor. Mm. And they're not in the scarcity mindset. No, you know, like, cause that's the, that could be the trap is like, if they're super successful, you're thinking like, Oh, why would they want to spend time on me? Why would they want to help me? Because they're in abundance (laughs) and they might love to help you and pour into you. They would love to help you. And you know what they learn? I find that most mentors are very teachable. So they're like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I do. I want to know what your thoughts are on this. You're like, Oh, okay. You know? And, 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 and I do that all the time. Now I talk to my team. I'm like, this is what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? Like, I'm like super, super wanting to get into people's brains. I want them to know that their thoughts are valuable because my perspective may be one way, their perspective may be another way. I want to hear all the perspectives because that's going to help me to come up with, you know, come up with a really good analysis of how this particular thing needs to be rolled out or maybe how we need to pivot or how many we need to change. So I think that um, most people that have had a good amount of success, as long as you're not crazy, um, (laughs) they're willing to really pour into you and answer a lot of your questions, especially once they see you're diligent and you're consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So um, what would you say is something that you're just really proud of in, in being an entrepreneur, like over the past 20 years, like, man, this is, I'm really proud of this thing. So I have a book out called The Mind of a Millionaire. Let me get it for you. That's right here. And um, and uh, actually, Kim Kiyosaki did the forward on it. And this nice. came out at the beginning of the year. And it's doing so, so well. I've self-published a couple other books before this. And um, they did well. But this was the first one where it's like real publisher. Yes. Um, nice. And Post Hill Press has been great to work with. And so I'm really proud of this. This has changed a lot of people's lives, a lot of women in particularly, and helped them to start thinking, um, you know, because that's my whole thing. I like to ask questions. I like to ask people's opinions um, because I think sometimes people don't think they just listen and they say they take it at face value. You mm-hmm. know, my grandma said always save money and never invest, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or my grandpa said, you know, keep your money under your thing or don't trust, don't trust technology, you know, this crazy stuff. And it's like, okay, let's stop and think, you know, how many fintech companies have changed the world? Oh, Apple. Okay. Oh, Dell. Okay. Okay. Oh, Fint. Okay. So like think and ask, even though someone told you that, that you love and possibly respect, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should get financial advice. And I think that's the big thing that I want women to understand is that just because their husband said, honey, I don't think you should do it. (laughs) 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 
It doesn't mean that he's really qualified and he could be a really nice guy. He could be a great provider, all that. But it doesn't mean that he's qualified to tell you what you should not do, especially if it's not an arena that he's savvy in or knows anything about. Yeah, yeah. I love it because you're helping create possibility for people. And I think that's like one of the most important things we can do, right? It's create hope and possibility. Yeah, yeah. No, it is. I think it's huge. And I think once... A woman starts asking questions once, you know, and I think women, you know, a lot of them are afraid of mommy guilt, like, oh my gosh, my kids. Mm -hmm. But when you can take your children to Europe or to Africa or send them to the University of Wales for the summer or have a house in the Hamptons, then it's like, I get it, you know, and actually... Yeah, there were, my mom didn't make every game. I didn't make all the games. I didn't make all my children's games. I didn't make all their field trips at all. That's when I was in extremely beast mode. Um, And just now they're like, wow, you're a lot more laid back. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Says the person who was just now not working 14 hour days. Yeah. (laughs) Just now, just now. (laughs) I've had to like learn, like, you're okay, you know, um, because we, I come from a family of workaholics, yeah. so we're all like, unless you're grinding, you kind of had to, and I'm still doing a lot of really cool things, and my schedule is still super fruitful, but um, but it's a different kind of work, because now you get into the point where you learn how to manifest, you learn how to think, mm-hmm. you know, you learn how to think, you learn how to ask questions, you learn how to, um, you know, spend more, I spend more time creating here, and then I can manifest the, you know, millions, billions of dollars is what's next for me um, that I want because I'm creating and I'm educating myself every day opposed to just, you know, hustling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much on the same page. Um, <laughs> okay. Awesome. So how, like, if somebody was interested, uh, let's say a woman wanted to be in your millionaire club, do they have to be at a certain level? Like, how does it all work? How can people find out more information about? No, I like to use Katie as my example, housewife for the last eight years for children. You know, she just changed diapers and picked up and dropped off and isn't making any money right now. And she's been in the club the last six months. And she said it's been most revolutionary to her. Um, and affirming her as a mother, because I don't want to take away people being, you know, women being amazing moms or being an amazing wife, like do all of that, you know, or be single or whatever. Um, but they can get on jeweltanker.com and join the club and all my social media, TikTok, Facebook, Reels, um, Instagram, Twitter is all Jewel Tanker. Oh, internet's being slow. There we go. We're back. <laughs> okay, great. Okay. Did you Basically everywhere. They can find you on all the social media. Yes. Jewel Tanker everything. Okay, cool. And we'll make sure we have the links in there so people can just click on it easily. Yay. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and spending some time with me today. It was really cool. Like such a fascinating and interesting, you know, history of like from where you grow up to what you're doing now and, and how you're, you're helping people in the world. And I just, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, David, for having me. You were great. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. 
If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you.